You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back, and we got a big one for you. We have one of the biggest ones for you. We have a movie episode so big, it takes two titans to face each other. That's right. It's Faber versus Gordon. It's going to be a great episode. One of the best. One of the greatest. Okay. I don't know how great that would really be. It'd be kind of fun, though. But actually, we got a good review of Godzilla versus Kong, or as I like to call it, Rampage 2021. It's pretty much the same thing you used to play in the arcade. So it was, you know, monsters versus monsters. And it was a ton of fun, and we got a great crew to talk all about it tonight. And the man who I would gladly go into battle with against any kind of monster is Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy, sir. Howdy. And I should say, happy anniversary to you, sir. Happy anniversary. My goodness, has it been? Is it that time already? It is that time already. As of this date, as of this episode... We are recording the 11th anniversary of the Earth Station One podcast. Crazy. We have made it 11 years ago. We popped the cork and we actually started recording Ooh, our first episode. We else. Well, we could have, but you know, my nephew was on it, so I don't really want to think about that with, you know, with him. So it was a fun episode, and we actually talked about uh, the TV show Jekyll by Stephen Moffat. Wow back then and it's a fun episode probably somewhere online you could probably find it wouldn't recommend it but you could (laughs) probably still find it and it was a lot of fun and i think the the published date was april 7th 2010 so that's how long we got so technically earth station one is now in its second decade wow that's amazing Mm-hmm. You know, for you know, we have lasted longer than a lot of TV shows have lasted. We've lasted longer than any of the doctors. You know, if you think <laughs> about it, we've lasted longer than you know many uh, presidential you know candidates or you know not anything like that, any kind of politics, and we've lasted longer than some marriages. So it's pretty awesome. You know, we've lasted quite a bit of time. Most podcasts don't last more than, you know, a year or two. And we're, you know, we're starting our 12th season next week. That is pretty amazing. That's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy uh, to think about, um, you know, obviously it is a true credit to yourself as well as, uh, you know. As you, as you. Um, Pat yourself on the back, dude. You put up with me for that. I can't can't reach back there. Um, And uh, um, I, uh, you know, but it's really, you know, our listeners, our listeners, our listeners, our listeners, our listeners. uh, I still find it amazing that people listen to us. um, And uh, and that I mean that in the best possible way. Um, The fact that people are going to give us uh, their time, that they find something of value, uh, even if it's just the, you know, silly entertainment value uh the fact that they that we give them that a little bit um so that they keep coming back i that that just means a lot to me 
And uh, especially during the last year or so, it's, it's meant a lot to me uh, to have this be consistent. And, uh, you know, that's the other thing. We are consistent with this. We've been around for that long and we come rain, shine, snow or pandemic. We come out with an episode every week. Uh, that's been outstanding. It's been the most probably the most consistent thing ever in my life. Oh, we've literally come to you through, like Mike said, through pandemics. We've come to you through deaths in the family or major medical issues with each one of us. We've, you know, we've we've done it and we do it for you guys because we love talking geek stuff. And like we always say, even if, you know, there was just one or two listeners, which most of the time there is, you know, we, we talk to you guys. We love talking geek stuff. And we're proud of what this thing has become the thing that people know who we are you know we are gonna talk later to you know friends of the show who've become family and you know our guest tonight in the you know creative outlet we talked to 10 years ago you know we haven't talked to him in 10 years so this is it's pretty awesome that you know we get to do all this and you know we could say, you know, we've seen the rise of the internet of podcasting. We've ridden the wave, and hopefully, we're not in the the, the watercrest or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> or that we're not the white foam on the beach or something. But you know, it's been a blast, and thank you, like Mike said, to everyone who does does listen. We couldn't do this without you guys, and it's fun, and it's a blast, and we have a lot of great things still to come, so we're not done by a long shot, so we're going to keep on doing this, and that's the wonderful thing about doing a podcast week after week after week. You never know what's going to happen each week, and, you know, we've we've come up with surprises, we come with, you know, some sad, we've come happy, you know, and that's the great thing about doing this. It's It's a roller coaster and it's an adventure and you know what as as my dad used to say you people who are in history books are never boring the boring people you don't read about in history books that's the great thing about it and hopefully we're making history we're gonna try to go for the iron man award for podcasting you know with you know for how long and you know we're, we don't have any way to think about you know taking breaks or stopping or whatever we're gonna become the cal ripkin jr of podcasts hmm. you know so i think we could possibly do that it, sh it could work you never know and then you know people are going you know we're, we're geeks we don't know what cal ripkin jr is you know oh that's sports ball we don't pay attention to that yeah you can be a geek about anything well of course that's what we love telling people geek equals passion copyright earth station one <laughs> 2021 <laughs> It's a great thing. And you can pick up that T-shirt at our T-Public store. <laughs> and the month of April, actually, all T-shirts are on sale for 13 bucks. All you have to do is go to the ESO Network webpage and click on the T-Public link right at the top of the page. And you know what? It'll take you right to our, the ESO Network store, and you can get really cool ESO merchandise up there. I haven't pushed that enough. And, you know, we have some great, great stuff. And for the month of April, almost the whole month, T-shirts are going to be on sale for 13 bucks, And that that is not an April Fool's joke either. I'm not, I wouldn't get it about $13 T-shirts because those are good quality T-shirts. So it's pretty awesome. I think we all have some of them. 
and you can get you know all kinds of other ESO swag, which is even better. So it's pretty cool. Of course, we love hearing from you guys. Please, please write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. Definitely would love to hear from you guys. And as we always like to say, if you know any friends or neighbors who are geeks and into the stuff we talk about on the show, please tell them about us. Please let them know about Earth Station One. We can be found on any media player that you could think of, even the good ones. We, Earth Station One is up there with the rest of them. And all you have to do is, you know, tell us, subscribe to the show. Give us ratings. That would be great. Five stars is always the best. And if you want, also, you know, leave feedback. We would always love feedback. Most places that you listen to your shows, you can leave feedback for a podcast. That's how we find out what you guys really think about the show, other than when you guys write us. So it would be really appreciative. Of course, we also want to give a shout-out to our friends at Tofosi Optics. That's right, Tofosi Optics. Spring is here full blast. And here in Atlanta, I think we are not going to be have any days over the next two weeks that's going to be less than 70 degrees. So we are ready for sunglasses, folks. We are so ready, and Tofosi Optics has your sunglasses choice. You can get any color lenses that you could think of, and you can get a matching frame, or you can go for a contrasting frame. Whatever you want. And if you have a prescription, that's right, folks. You have astigmatism or you're just nearsighted or farsighted. Tofosi Optics can handle that, too. And they can make sunglasses to your own prescription. Pretty awesome. So that way you can actually see and look cool at the same time. I like that. All you have to do is go to TofosiOptics.com, put in the coupon code EarthStation1, and you get 10% off your order. That's not too shabby. That's TofosiOptics.com. And now, a special little treat for everybody, since this is an anniversary episode, I thought it'd be cool to actually come back to some a segment we haven't done in quite some time. And we're talking about comic book trivia! That's right, folks. We got our regulars back together. And it's, so it's Robert Young is back of Borderlands Comics. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me. And Kevin from the Flopcast is back. Hello, everyone. Yes, ready for more comics trivia. It's been, when, when did we do this? Like a year ago? I think the last time it's been a year. Yeah, we, wow. We've been we've been we've been busy on the show. You know, eleven a year years that has, has felt like five years. Exactly, eleven years has flown by. <laughs> you think a year? You know, it feels like yesterday when you guys were on last. So and I like that it's still the same group. It's the four of us. We we took a year off, and we, now we just right back into it. We just can't get anybody else to, to, to no, want to participate. No one else clearly, will do it with us. You know, clearly we have nothing else to do. Rob and I. I have just been waiting by the phone for literally a year. <laughs> you guys, you know, I, I wrote you guys and said, hey, you want to do the show and do the comic book trivia again? And you're, within 30 seconds, both of you are, sure, I'm free. Yeah, why yeah. not? You yeah. know? Let me check my calendar, which has been completely blank for the past 13 months. Yeah, I think I can make it. Uh, <laughs> so you guys are going to take on the big brain of Mike Gordon tonight. So. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's been a year, so I've uh, managed to forget just about uh, everything. So Okay. That is awesome. <laughs> All right. Before we get started with the show, of course, we usually save this part for the con report. But, Robert, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you have coming up in a week and a half? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, panic attack. So, um, <laughs> Hey, it's my job, oh, you know. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got SC Comic Con coming up here in Greenville, um, April 17th and 18th. Um, so, we've got the event running and... Um, 
you know, the, the obvious question people will ask is COVID protocols. We have all that stuff up on the website. Um, they've done some amazing stuff with our building and they've actually been running events since November. Really? And we've had, we've had no issues. Um, everything you can think of, RV shows, car shows, um, homeschool conventions, you name it. And uh, they've done fine. So, um, so yeah, so they, the city cleared us to do it. So we're running the event. I mean, we do have a mask mandate and there's some other things that are going on, but all that's, all that's boring stuff. It's all up on the website. Folks can read it. Um, cool. And we've been able to get some cool guests. You do so, have some great guests. I've been yeah. watching the list as you guys have been posting yeah, up on Austin Facebook. Yeah, Austin St. John's kind of neat you know, yeah. for the Power Ranger fans. Um, and a lot of um, wrestling guests. Yeah, there's like I think it's a, the same number we had last time. It's like four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been a thing that uh, really had a huge response. You know, every time you post a, a wrestling guest up at a comic convention, people go, oh, it's a wrestling con now. And it's it's funny. We're, we're nerds. We, we get grumpy. But uh, but but they've had these guys had huge lines and and a lot of us were wrestling fans. We were young. I know I was. Um, but we got Jake the Snake. We got Jerry the King Lawler. Um, we've got Lex Luger. And then for the for the new crowd from AEW, we have Darby Allen and uh, Sammy Guevara. And Darby Allen is a huge star, and I think Sammy is getting ready to be poised to be a, a pretty mega star. Absolutely. So, uh, so that's neat too. Um, but I tell you, it's been cool. I mean, getting uh, getting Judith Hogue, who was the original April O'Neil in Turtles, that was neat. Awesome. And a lot of the anime voice actors. Um, so that, that's been cool as well. So, you know, the, the guest list really shaped up better than I thought it would be. Um, Tyler Main for folks that like horror stuff. Paul Taylor for folks that like Penhead. So, uh, yeah. Nice. And, and also, it's important to note that despite all that, you still have a great core of comic guests as well. We do, and that's been one of the things that you guys know. I'm a huge nerd, and uh, I'm actually trying to pull the list up right now because I'm a nerd. I have no memory. So uh, Robert Atkins is going to be there. Mike Barron, it's a first timer, and if you're an old nerd, then Nexus <laughs> <Wow>. is the bomb. <laughs> oh, and I love. I'm a Nexus guy, so uh, so having him here is really cool for me. Do you guys remember getting the uh, the Nexus Three that had the record in it? Oh yeah, I do. Wow, yeah. We had, we had that in my comic shop when I owned it. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, but but you know, Vic Carabota, Tom Cook, the animator, uh, Guy Gilchrist created the uh, the Muppet Babies. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, Michael Golden, obviously the creator of Rogue. Bill Gallier's a huge Archie artist and writer. Uh, George Genty, who you guys know uh, from Atlanta down there, yep. and everything Firefly and Buffy and Deadpool. I mean, he's done about everything you can think of, and uh, and that's just a small sampling of the folks that we've got so um, there's a lot of guys it's a lot of fun and you can find everything at southcarolinacomiccon.com or actually sccomiccon yeah sccomiccon.com folks can always check us out on instagram or facebook shoot us questions we'll be happy to answer them they can buy tickets at sccomiccon.com as well or day of the event excellent i wish you very good luck with it my friend Mm -hmm. exactly we hope it it does well we have a little fun and do our drink and draw Saturday night and raise some money for charity. We've got a big space to use at the brewery there. And uh, we're still going to auction off a lot of stuff, not just comic art, but other things too. And try to raise some money for upstate warrior solution for veterans in our area. And, uh, and also for hero initiative, which, you know, we're doing a comic trivia thing. Like it helps all these guys, wow. all these artists that have needed help. And they obviously need help with fundraising this year. So that is awesome. I'm glad you guys are continuing that tradition. And you guys, just with your store, you do so much for your community. It's just amazing. So, well, I appreciate that. We, without our community, we don't exist. And so, believe it or not, it was a huge part of our business plan when we started that we mm-hmm. wanted to give back and thank people. Um, one well, quick thing, depending on folks locally, 
the week from the 17th through the 24th, we actually got Papa John's to do a discount code. If folks, the well, it's a like a charity code. So if folks enter SC Comic Con locally here in Greenville and order anything, 15% of what they spend will be split between Hero Initiative and Upstate Warrior Solution. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. That is that's really all they awesome. have to do is enter the code. So, um, so we've been able to kind of partner with some folks who want to help out too. It's pretty neat. Well, that's what makes you guys one of my favorite comic shops. Not just a great shop, but you how good how much you work with the community and give back, and that's Thank always you. impressed me. You know? I appreciate that. And we all do. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, speaking of drink and draw, we're playing drink and trivia tonight. So <laughs> I got an old favorite returning. So <laughs> I have the return of apple pie. Oh my. So. <laughs> so, uh, this is this is uh, whose line is it anyway? Rules uh, exactly. where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Is that kind of bingo? bingo. <laughs> you guys should know that by uh, now. The host and official scorekeeper is working with a big jar of apple pie. So look oh out! Oh my god, that smells good. That smells really <laughs> good. That looks fantastic. Oh my god, the fumes are making my eyes oh, water. They're coming so. through. They're coming right through the internet. I got it. <laughs> so, all right, guys, are you ready for your first question? This no. one will go out to Kevin since it's a Marvel question to start oh, out. Oh, you know, you know my weakness is uh, Marvel. Um, you know, I'm a okay. DC kid, and, and so I, I, I spent the whole day, I was strapped down. I had my eyes were like clockwork orange, and I was just reading through every issue of a who's who, the definitive directory of the DC universe. And you hit me with I know, Marvel. That's why, that, that's why I give you Marvel, dude. That's why I give All you right, Marvel. Let's see what happens. All right. This is kind of a, an easy one to start out with tonight. All right. Kevin, what is Task Force X code for? A, mutants. B, the Suicide Squad. C, Hydra. D, the Legion of Supervillains. All right. Well, first of all, I believe this is a DC question, and uh, the answer would be (laughs) Suicide Squad. Yes. Look at that. He tried to throw you. I did. (laughs) You switched me to Marvel Brain, so I had to do that readjustment real quick. Had to recalibrate. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would think Weapon X would be on Task Force, but it doesn't work that way. You got to exactly. do an intercompany crossover thing and get Weapon X into Task Force X. That'd be good. It'd be on the X Files. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mike Gordon. Name the writer of Astro City. Uh, that's Kurt Music. You got it. Very good. Oh, great City. series. Oh, great man, series. It's been a while since they've Underrated. done it. I feel like it's been a few years since we got Yeah, there. I haven't read it in a while, so I don't know if there's new stuff in yeah. it. I don't know when the last time they did I that. Think it's, it's a great no, series. I love it. I think it's been a few years since they did one. But yeah, I think I still have some collected volumes that I haven't even gotten to piled up around here somewhere. So, you know, oh, they're amazing so stories, great. and I love so the homages they do to both companies yeah. To, yeah. in oh, the yeah. series. It's just it's a love letter. It is, and just it as a really, throwaway really character really in the background, they introduced possibly the greatest superhero of all time. They they did like a flashback panel showing a bunch of a superhero team in the fifties, including the bouncing beatnik. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, stop everything. I want a Bouncing Beatnik graphic novel. You're still waiting for the Bouncing Beatnik pop figure. Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, music would just throw out these amazing little characters like that just to, just to toss out in the background, you know, and then, and then move on. All right. Robert. What can I miss? Okay. Just as DC's OA is the home of the Green Lantern Corps, 
Name the planet that is the home of the Nova Corps. I have no idea. Mm. I'm, I'm out on that one. Okay. I don't remember. Is that the same as it is in the MCU? Yes, yeah, it is. Just, just like rewatched Gordon, Guardians can, can the you, other day. But I have, but I can't, I have not, no idea. I've been too busy working. I've watched I, nothing. But I can't <laughs> think of... Yeah, it's in Guardians, and I can't... And it, yeah. they mentioned it in also in Infinity War that Thanos got the first stone. Yeah. By de- decimating the planet. What planet does Glenn yeah. Close come from? That might help. Well, <laughs> the planet name is Xander. Oh, Xander. Okay. All right, Kevin. Yes. I like how you gave Rob the hard question. Let's keep that going. <laughs> All right. Nah, I won't give you that one. <laughs> nah. nah, skip that one. <laughs> Yeah, Alex that Trebek didn't used to do this. Like, it's just whatever comes up next. You're picking and choosing. How hard do I want to be? Yeah. Uh, the days of Alex Trebek. Yes, yeah, it's just anything goes now in the, the post Trebek universe. Okay. Too soon, Robert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Name the two superhero identities of Roy Harper. Okay, Roy Harper was a sidekick to the Green Arrow. So originally he was Speedy and then uh, reinvented himself as Arsenal. Yes, right. And extra credit, what, is, what was his other superhero I was going to say, he, didn't he have another, another one? Too Uh-oh. There? Uh, oh, yeah, oh, Red Arrow. Red Arrow. Red yes. Okay, you got, you got the extra yes, credit. So he he, he joined job. the Justice League and decided, you know what? I'm all grown up on Red Arrow. <laughs> Exactly. I can drink. I no longer put kid behind my name. Exactly. He doesn't have to be speedy. It was so weird that his name was Speedy, especially when he was on a team with Kid Flash. Okay. Mike Gordon, where did Alan Moore and Chris Spouse's hero Tom Strong grow up? Mm. It's a multiple choice. Do you want me to give you the... Yes. A, in a gravity chamber. B, on the moon. Three C in a bubble, D inside the sun. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna say A the in a gravity well. You were right, absolutely correct. That's what helped make him strong. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love Tom Strong so much. That was a wonderful yes. series. Oh, okay, Robert. Who is the hero of Opal City in DC Comics? I have no idea. Oof, gosh. Can we steal? And I haven't even started drinking yet. <laughs> yeah. These are the easy I'll be ones. honest with you guys. All I've done is throw boxes in the warehouse for like nine oh, hours we'll and then keep oh. in here for this. So I am completely <laughs> tracked. I'm so tired. Okay. I can't remember anything. Can, can, okay. we, can we steal? You can steal. Mike, do you want to steal Kevin. or should I? Uh, Starman was Opal City. Correct. Yeah, that was the, the classic James Robinson 1990 Starman run. He wanted to have like an old timey, like in the old days when a DC Comics, every every hero had their own fictional city. <laughs> so he's like, we're bringing that back. Starman lives in Opal City. Opal City. Exactly. Exactly. Originally it was the Ted Knight and then it was his son, Jack. Mm-hmm. So, and you're going to be seeing Starman on oh, Stargirl, actually. Oh, more Stargirl, absolutely. Yes. Okay, I'm throwing this out to whoever can guess it. Oh, no. Why did One Punch Man become a superhero? 
<laughs> wow. I know there's the one punch thing from Justice League, the Batman guy guy. No, One Punch Man is an anime thing, right? Correct. No, I don't know yeah. One Punch Man. Yeah, it's it's an anime it's manga justice, manga. Justice powers. See if anybody could take the punch. That that's all I know. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Anyone else? Not a chance. Has... For fun. <laughs> The, an- the answer is for fun. As the odd hero puts it, this is one of the many amusement aspects of the classic manga. So, all right, that one went well, out. If you the thought toilet. I was weak on Marvel, Mike, ask me some manga questions <laughs> and just listen to the crickets. I'm weak on everything tonight, so I'm good. Yes. I need to go over. I need to have the lowest score in history. Mm-hmm. No, we won't do that one. You won't get it. <laughs> Eh, you won't get that right. one. Yeah. He's right. Okay, here we go. For all right, Rob. What is Marvel's max line? Was it A adult comics, B creator owned comics, C extra long comics, or D treasury sized comics? Adult comics. You're right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, don't comics the, the creator uh, one, right? Yep, exactly. The highlights of this line have been Garth Ennis's remarkable run on the Punisher, oh, Punisher. Max and Alias, featuring mm-hmm. Jessica Jones by Mike, Brian Michael Bendis. Kevin Smith did uh, Daredevil. Correct. Is that? And that's what that uh, was Marvel Max. Knights. Yeah, that was Marvel Knights. Mm. Was yeah, Marvel yeah. Knights? That's right. And it was Joe Quesadilla <laughs> doing mm-hmm. some arts. Yeah. <laughs> as, we, as we like to joke around the shop. <laughs> okay. Joey Q. All right. No. I'm going fast. I love the audio. Yeah, the, the tearing and ripping. Rip. Very dramatic. <laughs> Which, well, it's because it's, we're on video now, so you can actually see me ripping. Yep. I did this before also. Oh, we can yeah. hear it. Okay. Okay. Mike Gordon. This is multiple choice. So, hey, I love <laughs> which preposterous character is actually Rick Jones' uh, perpetual sidekick? Is he is he also known as a bomb, or the Abomination, Mister Miracle, or Red Hulk? Uh, see, multiple choice gives me a shot of one and four. Um, I'm going to say a bomb. Correct. Hey. Never That's heard right. That. In um, I think it was. I think it was the, later. Yeah, I, it was like in the early two thousands. Rick Jones. All everyone thought it was the Hulk attacking, but it was actually Rick oh, Jones wow. who finally. Rick started. Jones has had a long, colorful history throughout Marvel, hasn't he? He absolutely has. <laughs> oh yes, he has. Yeah, he's another one like kind of like Ar- I think he's got more superhero names than Arsenal. Does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, Rob. Yeah. Uh, name the pop artist who worked on Strange Tales and Nick Fury in night from 1966 to 1968. Jim Stranko. Perfect. You got it. That's really good. I love Jim. He's been nice. He's been awesome when we've had him as a guest. Yes. He has a remarkable head of hair. <laughs> it is incredible. <laughs> It and wasn't it? And he can he can spin a yarn. I bet he can. He can he's, had, he's had quite a quite a life. He was an escape artist, right? Fell on a 
fell uh, off a Ferris wheel while trying to escape and landed uh, in one of the cars. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned Mr. Miracle in the previous question, and I think Kirby uh, was influenced by Steranko, Steranko's uh, escape artist career when he created Mr. Miracle. Mm. Okay. What, what do you so, think? After the first round, Robert has two, Mike G has three, Kevin has four. Pretty close game for you guys. So, all right. Kevin. Yes. Beginning of round two. All right. Which of the following is a Howard the Duck villain who was embraced by marijuana enthusiasts? Uh-oh. A. Captain Cannabis. B. Dr. Bong. Three. Wendell Weed. Or D. Baron Bud. <laughs> uh, let's see. I've read very little Howard the Duck, although I've seen the movie far too many times. And the uh, Howard the Duck novelization is literally on the top of this stack of books right next to me right now. How did we know that? (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know too much of the comics. I'm trying to go back to this. So it was the 70s, Steve Gerber, crazy, freaky stuff. Um, Yes. uh, So I want to eliminate, like, Captain Cannabis. I don't think so. What was the third one? What was C? Wendell Weed. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Wendell Weed. Anyone want to steal? (laughs) Steal? Yes, Rob. Dr. Bong. You got it. Dr. Bong. Dr. Bong, actually, he wore a helmet that resembled a bell, but his wacky villain was the best enjoyed with the help of other sort of Bong. (laughs) And he fought Iron Duck, right? Yes, he did. That's sad. All right. (laughs) Mr. Mike Gordon. (laughs) What was the Human Torch's sidekick's name during World War II? Uh, Torchy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Rob. Go Rob. For the tomorrow. You got it. Cool. Alright. Yes. Alright. Just a little boy on fire flying around. <laughs> tomorrow. The, the Robin gimmick doesn't work. Let's kidnap the flaming guy. <laughs> Not yeah. going to go well. Exactly. <laughs> go well. <laughs> All right, Rob. Unbeknownst to readers at first, who were the original Thunderbolts? A. The Masters of Evil. B. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. C. Hydra. D. The X Men. A. The Masters of Evil. You are correct. <laughs> All right. All right. This should be fairly easy for you, Kevin. Oh, good. (laughs) Who created Invincible in 2003? Okay, I've never read Invincible. I know that it's a TV series now, which I also have not seen. But I do recall, though, that it was created by uh, Robert Kirkman, the guy that created Walking Dead, also did Invincible. I could not tell you the artist. That's fine. Corey, Corey Walker will forgive you. It's okay. Has anyone seen the show? Is it any good? I yeah. have. Is it good? I've watched the I first like episode. It. It's amazing. Huh. It yeah. is it's really incredibly violent. So oh. be careful who, uh, who yeah. is in the room. It's not, it is movie. not for kids. Mm. It is not oh, wow. for kids. Yeah. No. But it's good. Oh, especially the first after credit scene. 
It's like, yeah. is it? It's like my, Michelle loved it. My wife loves it. She looks forward to watching it every Friday. Is now. it mm-hmm. animated or live action? Animated. It's animated. Okay. And it's uh, on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can get With it. Animated stuff. If it's more violent than Jabberjaw, I'm out. You're you're so far out. You are so far like out. You're, you're mm-hmm. out and then passed out and then somewhere in the outer circle passed out. You're in that out. That's yeah. how violent it is. It's horribly violent. As long as there's a shark playing the drums, I will watch it. I figured as much. Okay, Mr. Mike Gordon. Which of the following characters is known for rhyming? A, the lizard. B, the demon. C, the tinkerer. D, the riddler. Uh, I'm going to go with B, the demon. Correct. Whoops. Entragon the demon. Entragon. Another yep. Kirby guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was he rhyming when he was a Kirby? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because he, he goes back and yeah. forth. It depends on what creator has. Yeah, he doesn't always Sometimes rhyme. And I couldn't say for sure. I don't know if he always rhymed in the Kirby run. Certainly that, that his transformation, you know, speech that he gives always rhymes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, some okay. writers have him just rhyme nonstop, but... He's got to rhyme. That's what makes yeah, it awesome. I, yeah, I, I think so, too. I a bit much, bit too much work for the writers sometimes, I think, so sometimes they're like, you know what, he, ah, you know what? he doesn't always rhyme. That's, what, that's, what, that's why they get paid the that's big right. bucks. Hired the wrong guy. Okay. Right. Alan Moore did some fun rhyming in, uh, when, when the demon popped up in Swamp Thing. Excellent oh, demon yeah, rhyming. Very much, so. very much so. Very, very much so. All right, this is going out to anyone who could answer this question. Who was the very first such superhero family in the comic book industry? Family? Yeah. Marvel family? Correct. 1942, Captain Marvel had a Marvel family consisting of Captain Marvel Jr., Mary Marvel, Happy the Marvel Bunny, and even Uncle Marvel, who had no powers at all. They beat um, Batman, who had Batman, Robin, Batgirl, and Batwoman, and Superman had Supergirl and Crypto. So they beat them to a pulp. <laughs> exactly. Probably. Yes. Okay. All right. Who created New Gods? Is this for everybody? Oh, everybody. <laughs> Kirby. I'll, I think everybody yeah, knows. I think that's one. a three-way tie <laughs> for that answer. Uh, so that's, I'll give each one of you points because points don't matter, so it's good. I'm, uh, right. I'm sorry to hear that movie's not happening. Yeah, they that just keep... depressing. Yes. Okay. Another line of Warner Brothers' interesting decisions. I'll phrase yes. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Gordon, how does the Hulk fly? Uh, he doesn't. He just leaps. Correct. <laughs> Just really far. Yes. He falls with style. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he just jumps from place to place. Yes, 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 yes. All right. I'll give you a cakewalk one now, Kevin. All right. That's my favorite kind of question. What is the villainous ocean master to Aquaman? That is his half brother. You are correct. Yes. Yeah, nice. Ocean Alrighty. Alright. Alrighty, ready, ready. Alright. <laughs> I love the tearing Ooh. questions. You're like, this must be hard. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Alright. 
Robert, this is an easy one for you. Who is Hawk's sidekick? And I want to say something so stupid, but I'm going to go with Hawk Girl. No. Dove. No. Oh, it's just the yeah. Hawk thing. I don't remember the Hawk's name. Yeah. Mike. Technically, she's a sidekick. Is the question? Is it is is she is she really a sidekick? I'm going to say he's a pet. Who? <laughs> Uh, Are we talking Hawk and Correct. Yeah, I, I, yes. I agree with Mike. I, I oh, object you, to the question. I thought you said Hawk Man. Yeah. No, I said Hawk. Oh, I never said man. I heard, I heard yeah. Hawk Man. I, would, okay. I, I, was, I was my first I thought was knew the answer to that, but I was like, yeah, Hawk Girl. I, I was, my, that's my first what, thought was my first thought was Spencer for hire. But, um, <laughs> yeah. That's right, Avery Brooks. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, exactly. yeah I, that wasn't really a sidekick situation, though. No, it was a partnership. I dare call Dove a sidekick to her face. Oh, I wouldn't. No, <laughs> no. No, yes. Ooh, that would uh, not go well. Not the one out of Titans. I would not do that. <laughs> no. Sadly. And then she apologizes profusely and wants to talk about your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and While you're in traction. They do, they yeah, do make exactly. a lovely couple on that Titans TV series, though, right? Just a perfectly functional, great, no problems. It's a terrific, the, terrific the, relationship. The, one of the most romantic couples in comics. They're a delight. Mm. Oh yeah, isn't, it, isn't that really how Hawk and Dove is though? Like it made her. There's a reason. This guy's got CTE, and this is why Hawk has the rage thing. And yep. it kind of worked. I thought it was. I, I've enjoyed that series far it's, more it's, than it's, I thought it would. Titans, Titans has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really good. Yes, yeah, season three's coming up very soon mm. too. So. Ah, I can't wait. Yeah. All right. I'm going to throw this out to any of you guys. Which writer created Winter Soldier? Ooh. Oh. Okay, Robert, I saw your hand first. Ed Brubaker. You got it. Such a good one. Yes. I think maybe the best run on that character ever done. Was, was yes. that Steve yes. Epting on the art? Yep. Okay. I, I Most could of not time, think yeah. of it. It was a trio. It was Steve Epting, it was Jackson Geis, and, and it was uh, Mitch Breitweiser, or, or I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Mike Perkins did some stuff in there too, right? Yeah, Perkins did too. Yeah. And they all they all kind of rotated in and out trying to keep it on time, but their styles were similar enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. Steve Epting is credited for being the co-creator. Yeah, he's yeah. Red. I like that. He did that pirate series back at CrossGen. Yep. I have a big poster right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish I could turn it around, yeah. but I have a big poster of El Casador signed by uh, Steve on, yeah. right here. That on was a cool desk. series. It was Chuck Dixon, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cross-Gen. <laughs> All right. I miss Cross-Gen. Me too. Me too. All Disney right. We'll never see it. Okay. What writer, and I'm going to actually Kevin. Okay. What writer created... The Great Lake Avengers. Oh no! Oh, okay. <laughs> well, man, if this was a DC group, you would be yeah. all. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I could, t- I could tell you, I could tell they, you all. They about... rank up. They rank up there with the Inferior right, Five. Right, They, they rank up there with uh, Justice, Justice League, League Detroit. Detroit. Absolutely, I know that one. That's Jerry Conway. <laughs> but, all right, Great Lake Avengers. I'm just. I think that was 80s, early yeah. to mid 80s. I'm just trying to think of Mar- 1989. Marvel guys, 89. Was it that late? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was earlier than that. In West Coast Avengers number forty six, I will even give you. Oh, that. okay. I was thinking of West Coast. Okay, Great Lake Avengers nineteen eighty nine. Man, um, uh, Roger Stern. That's just a wild guess. And anyone steal? As Mike Gordon's typing it into Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on. Uh, no. Um, 
<laughs> Hold on. I, uh, uh, uh. Any anyone guessing? Uh, I'll take a stab at it. Uh, was it Bendis? Nope. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he was that early. He wasn't that early. Um, I'll, I'll do a total idiotic wild card guess. How about John Byrne? You got hey. it. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. I, I knew he did some art on it, so I was like, maybe he wrote and drew it? And now, that's the best I could come up with. Byrne actually did a lot of classic issues of West Coast Avengers. He was the whole thing with the uh, the kids of Wanda and Vision uh, becoming part were part of the Devil's Soul. And also the whole thing with the White Vision that we saw in WandaVision. Yeah, well, Byrne got around. He, he got his hands in just about everything through the 70s and 80s. Okay. Have you guys seen that sci-fi documentary that they did with Byrne, the interview and stuff with Byrne? Mm-mm. Oh, no. I, I advise you to look that up. Um, the gentleman that did it, Mike Avila, is an awesome guy, and I've gotten to know him. And, uh, man, that thing is incredible. It's a great interview. I mean, he goes to Byrne Studios. You can see his studio, and he talks to him. It's fantastic. Nice. Okay. I would recommend the song Great Lake Avengers by Kirby Crackle. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you dropped the Kirby Kirby Crackle reference. That's uh, okay. We should get a point for that. (laughs) Well, maybe. All right, what the hell? All right. He's already leading. I don't think I am. (laughs) No, score score does not matter. I think it's close though. Okay, Mike Mike Gordon, who created Ego, the Living Planet? Comic Uh, creators. Wow, okay. So. Um, I'm going to say Starlin. Nope. All right. I guess. Rob. Stanley and Jack Kirby. You got oh. it. All right. I didn't know he was that early. Wow. Yeah, he first appeared in uh, Stan and Jack's run on Thor. Oh, wow. oh okay. Wow. Gotcha. This was his first appearance. <laughs> Maybe I was pricing that book like today. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. Yes. Linda Park is the love interest of which hero? A, The Flash. B, Green Lantern. C, Animal Man. D, Moon Boy. I've never heard of a Moon Boy. <laughs> and Flash and Green Lantern. Linda Park does not even sound familiar to me, so I'm... Oh, or maybe maybe a more recent Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Ah. Anyone's going to steal? Animal Man? Nope. Okay, Moon Boy? No. (laughs) We're all wrong. (laughs) It's Flash. (laughs) The Flash. She was... Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. It's not not Barry. It's Wally's wife. It's Wally's wife. Ah, Yeah, that's that's right. I started thinking maybe there was a Kyle Rayner thing with this girl I'd never heard of. Right, right, right. They had the the twins. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's awesome that we all had a 1 in 25 chance. Then a 50% and we all failed. Never forget, we are all total losers. Okay. All right. Okay, losers. Okay, all of you. Which of the following was a job held by Dick Grayson? A, was he a spy? B, a police officer? C, a bartender? D, all of the above? I'd go all of the above on that. Yeah. Okay. Use all that. All of you guys get the point. I don't remember the bartender part, though, but... In in Teen Titans, he was. Was he? Okay. Yeah. 
I don't remember that at all. Okay. I'm an easy way to pick up chicks. I'm a bartender, but you know my dad has a mansion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good bartender, Good bartender thing. I, I think I think saying that you you came from a family of acrobats would be more. Uh... <laughs> okay. This goes to work with the shirt that says I'm bendy. Yeah. Hey, Mike Gordon. Hey, Mike Faber. Tell me, what is the name of the mystic land? That is the host of the Iron Fist. Oh, he said it like a thousand oh, times in that stupid I show. Know, I, I know, I know. Uh, oh man, I I am I am drawing a complete blank. I can't. I I know I know yeah, it, but yeah. I it's just it's not I'll there. I'll know it when I hear I, it. And Rob looks I, very much like he knows Rob the looks, Rob looks like he's ready to explode. <laughs> so Rob go for it, it, Rob. Yes. You got it. Ah, yes. Oh, I love Iron Fist. Okay. Actually, I have a John Byrne Iron Fist page at home. I, I, oh, I, that's I, awesome. I, I kept, I kept uh, my DC brain was going. It's not the pirate. That is awesome. I've never read any Iron Fist, but I did not care for the the TV series at all. But I do remember that Neither he did the, anyone else. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Iron Fist did the lot of moonshine. Like, yeah. like my, to get, it was awful. It was yeah. so I, I, the Brubaker run on Iron Fist was really good. I remember that he Man, kept saying good. that that the name of that place though again and again through the. I actually enjoyed the original run, which was John Byrne and Chris Claremont mm. and everything. That was all right. Kevin, yes. who is Intergang associated with? A. Doctor Doom. B. The Red Skull. C. Hydra. D. Dark Side. That's dark side. That, that's a fourth world thing. That that was all mixed up you in those, the early fourth world stories, like in Jimmy Olsen comics, and uh, yeah, that that was all the all that was all dark side stuff. Okay, his biker gang. Okay, Mike Gordon. Oh, what was the name of the original Mister Miracle? A. Slam Bradley. B. Rick Flag. C. Thaddeus Brown. D. Funky Flashman. Uh, I can eliminate the first two for sure. Um, I'll say D. No, Funky Flashman was a villain in New Gods. He was like a gotcha. con man based off of Stan yeah, Lee. Yeah, yeah. I knew that was a Kirby thing. Yeah, but uh, I could tell it was a Kirby can, thing. Can anyone steal? I wasn't aware that there was a, a different Mister Miracle before before Scott Free. Run the names again. Uh, Slam Bradley, Rick Flag, Thaddeus Brown, or yeah, Funky I, I don't Flashman. know the name Thaddeus Brown, so it must be that one. That's my thought. <laughs> has to be Stevie, right? You both get the hey. point. Correct. <laughs> that is yeah. awesome. Yes, uh, Thaddeus Brown. Scott Free took his place as Mister oh. Miracle after Brown's death because mm. he was an escape artist on Earth. Yeah. And and Oberon was what? Oberon his uh, sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Yes. For both guys? Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, I forgot that part. Yeah, yeah Slam yes. Bradley. That, that's super early yeah. DC. That's <laughs> 1930s <laughs> DC. That's like Action 1. Yeah, that's <laughs> before that. That's pre-Superman, I think. Slam Bradley predates yeah. Superman. Although I think that's also a Jerry Siegel. Okay. In the Marvel Universe, this is open to anyone. There is an Illuminati. 
who is the Illuminati of the Marvel Universe? Wait, you want to name all of them? <laughs> yes. For all the points. You get, each, you get a point for each one correct. All right, I'll, I but can... But you get for, I every, know. for every one you say wrong, you get a point taken away. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, okay. Do uh, we each name one? Go for How it. How are we going to do uh, all right, so... Uh, uh, re- I, will, I will tell you one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Okay, so there's three each. Um, all right, so um, Reed Richards. Yes. Um, Submariner. And there goes that extra point you just got. <laughs> easy come, easy go. I know, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Anybody else want to take over then? I don't know any uh, of this. All right, Iron Man. No, and you lose a point. Doctor Strange. Yes. Captain America was an original member. Nope. Yeah, he was. He was kicked out. Okay, it's not. I'm going by what it says here. I believe <laughs> Robert. Right. Give, give him the point for that. He said. I'm really right. I just remember he was, he was there and they kicked him yeah. out because of what they wanted to do with the Infinity Stones because they were formed originally to figure out what to do with the Infinity Stones. That Correct. sounds convincing. Yeah, they were the ones me. that made the decision. Yeah. They were the ones that made the decision to put the Hulk off world as well, right? Yes. That's a, yes. Correct. Understand Iron Man wasn't in it. Nope. Oh, actually, I was wrong. He Ooh. was. Okay. <laughs> My bad. I got to learn how to read sometimes. So we've named four? You've named four of them. I'm going to say uh, Night Nurse. <laughs> oh, Kevin. There goes your I'll point. I'll take the hit. I just wanted to say Night Nurse. Who doesn't I'm willing to, to sacrifice nurse. a point to do it. <laughs> okay. This so is... we've got we've got Reed, Iron Man, Black Panther, Doctor Strange. Yes, there are two other members. Doom? No. Uh, Mikey, you're losing points left. Oh, here, Professor man. Xavier. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, I remember him now. Okay, there's one other. I'm writing them down as we go so I don't forget any. Read Iron Man, Black Panther. Name Cap. Cap was it? Wasn't Night Nurse at the original meeting, but then they kicked her out? <laughs> I think when they kicked out Cap, they needed Night Nurse to nurse yes. his wounds. I think that's yeah, what so she counts. That's she counts. Right, well, Give me my point back. That's a good call. They, he they, gets they, point they, back. They you ain't getting that hard. point back, boy. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. I'd swear Submariner was in it. I think he was right. Um, yeah, I thought so too, but. Mm. He's a very quiet character. Oh, Black Bolt. Thank you. Uh, cool. No, no we had to do binary answers, like shows of hands or just blast everybody. It was Exactly. Nice. All right. Because uh, that, that was, they first appeared in New Avengers number seven, July 2005. All right. That's a, a Bendis thing. Yes. All right. Nah, I'm not going to do that one. Okay. I think that's enough. I think people are going, what the hell are we listening I thought we were to? Playing, I, I thought we were playing to 1,000 points. I gave, yeah. I gave you each 1,000 points. Oh. There you go. You played <laughs> to it. What's the stamina for these people? What are we doing? Exactly. So Robert actually came back because he was in the, in the back at the end of the first round. Robert came back with a stunning yes. 15 points. Woo! Mike, those Illuminati. 
Mike Gordon actually lost points. He was up to 10, but now he's down to 7. <laughs> and Kevin. Surprising no one. <laughs> Kevin is 9. All right. So, Rob, you oh. you won the day. All right. Well Thank you for being generous, nice guys. Nicely done. There you go. Exactly. But to me, you each have 1,000 points, so it's okay. There you go. You're, You're all winners. You're all winners. <laughs> there are no losers on Earth Station. Well, never mind. Let's <laughs> not say that. So... <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much. Robert, we want to promote the con real quick one more time. Absolutely. April 17th and 18th, Greenville, South Carolina, South Carolina Comic Con. Folks can go to sccomiccon.com for all the details uh, or hit us up at uh, Facebook and on our Instagram if they have any questions, and we'll be happy to answer them. Does that, does that, apply, to, does that apply to comic trivia questions, too? Absolutely. They can hit <laughs> me up with trivia questions, and I will miss most of them. <laughs> And Kevin, yes. you want to talk about your little podcast? Yeah, you will absolutely not see me at a live in-person convention this month, but uh, you do see me here on the ESO Network every single week. My show is called The Flopcast, and we just do a goofy, nerdy, silly show, a lot of 70s, 80s, nostalgia kind of stuff every single week right here on ESO. Excellent. And let's take a quick break now, and we are going to be back, and we got Godzilla versus Kong. Bum, bum. The 42 cast is turning 100, but like all good things, it must come to an end. Tune in to our epic finale as we see who lives, who dies, and who gets their own spinoff. And then come back when the 42 cast is back for season two, with even more segments, more guests, and more of explaining why Ryan is wrong. It's why we're still the ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. You can only find all this awesome by downloading the 42 cast, a proud member of the ESO Network. This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Kong did the same. Out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. There's something 
something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. The myths are real. Yeah. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. I keep reaching for greatness because I'm built from it. Who bows to who? Nobody gonna stop the me. Here we go. Kong bows to no one. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. Before we get started, let's say hey to our sponsor, of course, for this week. We are talking about NSC Live TV. That's right, NSCLiveTV.com is the comic book network created for geeks by geeks. They are a premier network for all your comic book industry-related needs, featuring live sales, comic shops, creators, podcasts, cosplay, news, interviews. That's nsclivetv.com. Thank you for sponsoring ESO and the Earth Station One podcast. Okay, folks, it is now time to do Godzilla vs. Kong. I guess this, this is the fourth part in the monster series. And it's, I think for me, it was fun to watch. And I, in a lot of ways, the most entertaining movie I've seen since Rampage. So it's pretty awesome. Take it away, Mikey. <laughs> well, we've got two monster guests joining us, of course, from our ESO movie crew. Alex Autry is here. That's with an E. <laughs> it is with an E. Um, and um, our good friend, uh, well, it's good to talk to you outside of uh, the countdown to Halloween, Mark Maddox. Hi. Thanks for having me on. And it's great for you to, uh, great for us to have you back. Um, um, let's get right into it, Alex. Uh, box office wise, there's a lot to talk about with this one. A lot to talk about on this one. Uh, it was released uh, last Wednesday. Uh, to theaters and uh, streaming, and the domestic box office for it is uh, $48.5 million. Uh, international box office is $237.3 million. It actually so opened in China first, right? Yes, Before, yeah. yes, it did. And um, it was huge over there. Like, like I think it rolled $27 million in its opening day uh, in China, which is a, a, an amazing amount of money. Um, was in, it so popular because maybe the Chinese liked seeing Hong Kong get destroyed? I, you know, it's, he's, Godzilla's huge over there. Because then again, he's a giant lizard. He's huge everywhere. Um, uh, he's bigger overseas. And actually, we're talking, yeah, most of these yeah. kaiju movies are bigger overseas than they are here. Yeah. Um, as a way to look at it and to kind of figure out how big this is for the domestic box office, however, $48 million in its opening weekend puts it in the top 10 of the 2020 films. It bumps Wonder Woman 84. Wow. By the end of the week, it'll pass the Croods of the New Age. It also, I believe, is a bigger box office than uh, Godzilla King of Monsters was uh, for their first weekend as well. I yep. think that was just like a little under 40. I think it was like 30, 38, somewhere in there. Yeah, by comparison, yes. Yeah, so um, I don't know how much it would have done, you know, outside of a pandemic but um a huge success probably one of the most successful post-pandemic movies right it it breaks 100 million uh in, in, in post-pandemic uh if everybody's going to the theaters to see it instead of streaming it on hbo max this movie cracks a hundred thousand easy I, what's the budget of the film million. yeah 
Yeah, I'm I'm not convinced. The bar, uh, the budget was between 155 and 200 million uh for the to make this movie. Um yeah, it's a big wide spread there. I don't know. I guess they're not that forthcoming. Gee, Warner Brothers not that forthcoming with numbers. Go figure. Oh. Uh, I know. Uh, Are they that's Disney? Why- that's what it's hard to read exactly how many people watch this on HBO Max. I can tell you that um, the, and I don't think it's coincidence, but ever since last Wednesday when this movie opened, um, the HBO Max app has been number one with iTunes and across all platforms because so many people are downloading it, I think, to mainly to check out this movie. Yeah. So, um and uh, yeah, I'm not sure because, it, it, as Mike said, this is the fourth entry in the MonsterVerse. They have been going down lower and lower. The grosses have every with every one of these. Now, granted, I think Godzilla versus Kong in and of itself would spike it up. But exactly how much uh, it would, I don't know. I think it was still going to be planned to open, um, you know, in 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 early um early in the year rather than later so it's not a summer movie that we're seeing it's 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 meant to be uh, a spring movie um yeah so i don't know but we'll, we'll never know but it i think the fact that it's successful both for the theaters and for streaming services uh in particularly hbo max makes it surprising that um this model won't continue in, after 2021 I think, because it's like, you know, I think I think they're going to continue to have this sort of success this year with this kind of thing, with being available on both platforms. Um, but uh, anyway, let's talk about the movie itself. Mark, we'll start with you. What were your now? You, I know that I don't think you were on our uh, Godzilla King of Monsters show, but I know you were um, on our uh, Kong Skull Island. I know you didn't like that movie. Um, yeah, I couldn't what is, stand it. What's your feelings about this franchise and what were your expectations and ultimately your overall result going into this one? Um, I actually I actually really liked, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect by any means. I actually liked the Brian Cranston one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, uh, Skull Island came out and I, I just couldn't stand it. And then, um, and then uh, uh, King of the Monsters came out and... I had to go see it twice. The first time I saw it and left the theater. And then I was told by my friends, you said you promised you were taking your kids and our kids and everything. So I used it the second time to take a nap, the second viewing to get some shut eye. Uh, so the two middle ones, the, the middle of the Oreo cookie really was terrible. It had gone sour. This one was very different for me. This one I really, really liked a lot. Stupid, real stupid, but fun. You know, monkey hit lizard, lizard hit monkey. Yes, I'm there. But, you know, there are some things about it. The They, they said the human parts were all are all bad. I actually kind of like the Skarsgård, uh, uh, Kong Whisperer lady, and the little kid part. I thought that was all right. Fast. It was fast. It's like the guy said, there's like five hours of footage laying around or something like that. And it went real fast. The other part. Uh, with the girl from Stranger Things, um, it was still necessary because you had to have somebody get us to the idea that, and spoilers, people, Mecha Godzilla was going to be created. You had to get somebody in there to see this thing start up. So I got it. I just didn't think it was handled as well. Um, Linda and I were watching it, and right about the time they got down to the center of the earth, she leans forward because she's a huge Edgar Rice Burroughs fan, and she yeah. goes, 
Pellucitor. Pellucitor. And, yeah. and all I could say is, where in the hell is Doug McClure? That's what, <laughs> you know. And so I felt that the movie was a lot of fun. It, it you know, I'm sure they're going to go back and tinker with it some later. But um, I think I think the monsters had a lot of personality, especially Kong. It really was, in some ways, I agree. Kong had more time on screen. It was really more of his film with uh, Godzilla only making appearances here and there. But boy, when the two of them were on screen, it was monster movie magic. It was, you know, so that's awesome. my first pass. Absolutely. Uh, Alex, what about you? Um, you know, you go in with, I, I was looking at it going, all right, it, it's, 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 again, it's monkey, giant monkey versus big lizard. And I went into Pacific Rim going, look, as long as I get to see a robot punch an, a, a big monster in the face, I'm going to be happy. And that's exactly how I went in with this one. This movie is a Kong movie. It is, it is not a, uh, a versus movie. And I kept waiting for someone to mention Mothra just so Godzilla could go, why did you say that name? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, no, I think uh, as, as far as, as versus movies go, this one was the one that really worked. Um, I, they had a fight. They had a legitimate fight. There was a winner. There was a definitive winner. Um, yeah, the, the Godzilla side of, of the story um, was pretty blatant. You know, we've established that, that Godzilla doesn't do anything unless it's to protect the people. And the first thing he does, he attacks a company called Apex. You know, I mean, they might as well be just called Big Villain uh, Enterprises. You know, but uh, I loved how they um, right at the beginning, from the very first shot when they when they attack the uh, facility, and he sees the giant eyeball, mm-hmm. and that's when I, I I literally stopped and went, "Oh my god, they're putting Mechagodzilla in this movie!" And that was what the first five minutes of the film, I think. So um, it's I mean we we can all be a little bit uh, irritated by the fact that the conspiracy theorist was a podcaster. Uh, I thought that but, was on point. Uh, <laughs> you hang out with Mike more than I do, so yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I didn't see but, anything wrong with the guy. You know, I thought he was pretty much right on we, point. We all we yeah. all bathe in bleach, don't you? Yeah. Know um, and God forbid but, drinking uh, tap water. But yeah, no, I, I thought the uh, I, I thought overall it, it's it's funnel cake entertainment. Um, it's it's not a whole lot to chew on, um, but it's really fun when you're digesting it. And uh, yeah, I had a good time with it. I, I like, I no complaints, and I love the sequence. Uh, I, we'll talk about our favorite moments later, so I'm not going to mention it. But anyway, Mike, what about you? I went into this with very low expectations because I was not thrilled by the first two Godzilla movies. Unlike Mark, I did enjoy Kong for just you know. A fun matinee type monster movie. I thought it was great for that as a King Kong movie. No, not at all. I don't consider that a King Kong movie. I think the Peter Jackson movie was more of a King Kong movie than Kong Skull Island. I thought Kong Skull Island was a great, almost like throwback, kind of sort of to like an Edgar Rice Burroughs, you know, journey back to time type thing. And I enjoyed it. 
I thought it was great. I loved, you know, Samuel L. Jackson in that one. I also loved you had Loki and Captain Marvel, you know, in the movie. So great soundtrack. Yeah, it was a fantastic soundtrack. And so I had fun with it. The first two Godzilla movies, meh. I thought the monster fights were great, but the human parts were boring as hell and kind of pointless. And for this one, I I went, you know, Judy fell asleep at like 8.30, 9 o'clock on Friday night. So I decided to watch it on my own. And, cause, and Judy the next day asked me, so what did you think of it? I said, it was a fun monster movie. And that's exactly what it was. If you wanted to see it, there were some great points to it, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. But overall, I left the most satisfied with this one than I did the other three. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree yeah. with that. I think out of the uh, four movies, this one is by far my favorite. I, I enjoyed the other three to a certain extent, um, more than I think uh, you guys did. But uh, um, still, I, I do think there was a lot of room for impo- improvement, particularly, as you most of you said, with the Godzilla movies, the human element has was awful, um, really bad. Um, you could, you know, just want to fast forward to it. And then in the case of the first Godzilla movie, it's 90% human story and only 10% Godzilla, which is frustrating. Um, so, but, you know, as far as this being a movie with, you know, big monkey hits big lizard, yes, to a point, but this is, we're talking about not just any monkey, not just any lizard. This is Godzilla and Kong. These are the two most, in my opinion, iconic uh, giant monsters of all time, so that has to raise the level up a li- you know a lot as far as this goes it 's not just monkey versus lizard it's it 's like the king versus the king right um, yeah. although they they don 't refer to Kong as king uh, in this franchise, and there 's a pretty much a reason why uh, <laughs> we find out here uh, he does not earn that title um, but um i I appreciated Dave godzilla's ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> Godzilla's ass at the end. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, it's debatable. Um, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Um, uh, it's the DNA, though. I know you're talking about the DNA of the, the name Godzilla, which we have lived with our entire lives, and King Kong, and here they are scrapping in the middle of these colossal buildings. So, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, there should be more to it. Now, um, uh, I thought the human element for both Team Godzilla and Team Kong were much better than in any of the other movies. Um, I thought uh, the the one, uh, Mark, I agree with you, the one for Team Godzilla was a little bit uh, hokier, um, yeah. but I also... Not terrible. No, Not no, terrible, but I, oh, they were okay. You know what? It felt like an 80s movie to me. Like, it felt, it had a very 80s movie, the teens, like, go and, you know, like, Last Starfighter or, you know, something like that. Like, it had, like, this sort of teens go and have an adventure kind of feel to it. Um, even had this, like, music that was right out of the 80s whenever they were, like, doing their thing. And I, right. I like that. Um, not all of those characters were even needed. I don't even know if you needed Bobby Brown's character, unfortunately, but it was good that she was there. Obviously you didn't need her dad in this movie. Like he shows up for an afternoon film and uh, maybe that's part of Alex said there's, yeah, there's, uh, there's other footage, right? I think one of you said that there's other footage. So a total of five hours. Yeah. Total yeah. Footage. But wow. if it's all humans, I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, like, <laughs> like, like, but as far as the big scenes, the fight scenes, we get two epic battles here. 
between Godzilla and Kong. And they're both, I think, so well done. Uh, I watched this movie twice. I watched it on Wednesday and I watched it last night again. And I didn't get bored. I thought, I mean, this there, and I noticed things in the fights that I didn't notice before. I could watch those fights 10 more times. Uh, they're, they're just so well done. Um, I, 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 I put this one way up there as far as, as far as not only this franchise, but all the Gaiju movies, uh, Gaiju yeah. movies, right? Like, yeah. I think that this is like one of the best ones ever. Yeah. Or for a movie that clocks in at, at an hour and 53 minutes, it paces very well. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think um, splitting which up Which I the think teams, is an asset. Yeah, I think splitting up the teams, having it keep moving between that stuff really helps a lot. Yeah. Nope. It's got a, it's no, got a as decent... a matter of fact, there's kind of this look. What? what? The credits <laughs> yeah. are rolling. No, no. no. It, has to, it has to go by fast, especially the human stuff needs to go by fast, because otherwise, if you're allowed to think about it, it doesn't make any sense. So well, <laughs> I've yeah. watched it. I've watched it twice, and my my brother came over the second time because my TV's bigger, <laughs> and he he came over and we had it cranked up. And when that that ending happened, he, he literally his hands were like he was like doing a Shatner. He goes, "That the movie's over? What? What happened?" I'm like, "Yeah, no yeah. post credit sequence, oh, no bumper." I was really bummed about that because I'm wondering I was shocked where this, about that one. I want to talk about it later, but. Uh, to end but i mean where this franchise goes from here is really intriguing to me because this feels like a final movie uh, i've heard that they really said does. that was supposed to be it i think and, this is and, supposed to be it for the movies i can't, see, the, I, but, I can't see this but being that's it. why they didn't do an after credits scene with this storyline with these yeah. characters and yes. such. That's, you're, that's oh, too you're, gonna, you're gonna see kong you're gonna see godzilla of course you're going to this was but, a monsterverse endgame well, exactly, and <laughs> that's a good way to put it because it was the ultimate team up. Yeah, and what I hate to say though is fourth time's the charm. I, it took four <laughs> films to sort of have me finally go. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, it's, it's, no. it would have been nice if we could have cared about these uh, creatures even more so and been invested in before they met. Right, like if that was more successful. Um, but for a minute, for just a brief minute, I do want to talk about, because I did, re, I went ahead and rewatched, because it's been a long time since I've seen it. I rewatched 1963, uh, the original match between King Kong and Godzilla uh, by Toho. I find it so fascinating that the Japanese entry into this, uh, the first time they meet is by Toho Studios. It's a Japanese production. And yet King Kong gets top billing and he ends up winning. Um, he wins the battle. In, in this version, it's a United States, you know, Legendary Pictures, Warner Brothers. It's a U.S. production. Uh, Godzilla gets top billing, and Godzilla is the one who's the winner. Uh, I, I, find, I find that just very, um, like, ironic, really. I would, you wouldn't think that would be the case in both of those scenarios. But uh, if anybody hasn't checked out the original, I recommend you do so. If you think that the human storylines is kind of dull or, uh, you know, bad in this one, watch the 63 version and then tell me what you think. Because Hey, I like that movie. <laughs> I watch do, too. It. I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying that the human element there, the human storyline there uh, is not great either. But I like how in both of them, the you know, scenario is pretty much the same. Uh, Godzilla is uh, the the this force of nature, and in fact, Toho's restrictions on Legendary is to treat him as such. Do not give him emotions. Do not make him have a personality. He is a force of nature, like a hurricane. He is a, a what do they call it? Um, I had a sorry, I had it written down here. He is a godlike uh, uh, a godlike force of nature. 
So uh, do not be so emotive. And I think, and that's true, um, although I think in the last movie, Godzilla was a little bit emotive. I mean, he did come out to be the hero, the protector of the planet in the, in the last one. So he does kind of have that moniker here still. Um, but I think that in alone, uh, that restriction alone is going to make you root for King Kong. I think, uh, overall, uh, you're, we're, we're going to root for the, the ape more than, than the lizard, right? Personality wise. I know there's a bunch of people, you know, I'm, I, I live with a woman who's a reptile expert, so <laughs> we're having trouble. I'm sleeping on the couch this week. Uh-oh. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's one of those things where uh, the movie even starts up and she goes, man, Godzilla's just going to kick ass. And I'm like, what? I'm in a house with a traitor, a traitor. <laughs> Kong, Kong had more personality, but, but Godzilla had more force behind it. Now, I got to admit, Kong grabbing Godzilla by the head and not getting hit with that laser and just wailing on his skull. I'm just like, yeah. But then Godzilla starts unleashing and Kong's <laughs> doing this tiptoe through the buildings, trying to make sure he doesn't get hit, you know? So, um, Kong did have the personality. So when he's in that underground world and he like looks at that rock and d- touches it with his finger, I really started to get into this guy. As a matter of fact, he was, he was a better actor than the people in the movie. I mean, I mean, it was like kids these days, but there was so much stuff like the little the little girl comes up and, and, and explains to him that Godzilla is actually not his enemy. And just a look on his face like, Jesus Christ, what, are you, what kind of crap are you shoveling? All right, I'll go, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, really. But um, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Silly, but great. Yeah, the. There was a, a my a tally uh, because she is who she is fell asleep during the movie. She actually fell asleep during one of the fight scenes, so we had to rewind it because she's looking at me like, "Well, what happened to the bad guy's daughter? What happened to Ariana Grande?" And I'm like, "Whoa, no, really, don't do that." Um, so we rewound it so that she could see what happened to her, and um, mm. and then I woke her up again because she fell asleep again. Um, but I was just like, yeah, that's kind of what happened there. Um, that whole sequence, um, oh, I like wow. the idea that if you go to the center of the earth where everything's all kind of upside down and stuff, uh, it's nice. Um, but if you drill a hole down to the middle of it, you can get to, uh, you can get to Hong Kong. Well, we all, we all know that if you go, you know, if you drill through the earth, you get, you end up in China, you end up in China. It's, that's what we've been told. It's, that since it's we... in, uh, it's in Biden's stimulus package. I know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> These are the King Kong cartoons from the late sixties. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I was a little kid, come back from Germany and see they had a Saturday morning King Kong cartoon by Rankin and Bass, who also within that same year or two would do King Kong escapes, but you can do a direct line between that's the first Mecha monster is the Mecha Kong. And then several years later, you get Mecha Godzilla. Half of these are been destroyed, thrown out. There's uh, but, but the cartoon actually has the first mecha kong so it's actually before the film so your 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 mecha godzilla thing starts back here with rankin and bass I, back in the late 60s i will say that uh, mecha godzilla being included in this movie was a big surprise to me good on them for not marketing that that because yeah. i 
I was blown away. Mechagodzilla is one of my favorite villains out of, out of all Toho Studios. Yeah, and you so have to have your doomsday. When I saw that that was an idea, Alex, that they were doing, I was like, oh, my God, this is – are they going to do this in this movie? And sure enough, they do. I thought it was going to – you know, I thought, surely that's going to be its own movie. But, nope, they put it in here. And it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense because they have to have that common enemy. Um, and, yeah, that – it makes sense from a story perspective, but it makes no sense story-wise the way they write it. But that's, you know, whatever. I was wondering at the end of this last Godzilla movie, they showed that they kept the skull of Ghidorah. And so you were wondering what they were going to be doing with it. Like cloning. I thought maybe they were going to use the DNA to clone their own monsters, whatever. And I thought it was a great little tie in and even tying into what they did with um, Pacific Rim with the, you know, the, the drivers, the synapses thing. Exactly. And everything, and then I thought it was just—I thought one of the best moves they made was Ghidorah still having control, especially once it got the energy from the center of the planet, and frying that poor that artist guy who was the pilot, and like literally. And I loved it when you you knew what happened when you saw Ghidorah literally like starting to not Ghidorah but. Mega Godzilla, it's starting to hunch and then start staring. That scene was so well done. uh, It was so fun. That That movie, that that scene was so damned hokey, and it was perfect. (laughs) Because he was monologuing. monologuing. When the villain is monologuing, that's when everything should go to pot. Well, also too, it's it's like like we've said, this movie moves really fast. The human stuff is done. They like. Get rid of the human stuff. Okay, get in the editing room and cut out as much human as you can. And so this guy starts running his mouth, and as soon as that monster turns around, I go, they're getting rid of the villain early. You know? <laughs> yep. Sure enough, they did. They didn't get rid of him. They changed the villain. They changed up. <laughs> well, they, got rid of, they got rid of that yeah. guy, our, our, our person yeah. started yeah. our problem. But, yeah. Now, that was the guy. Wasn't that the guy? I recognized the voice. Wasn't he in The Hateful Eight? Wasn't he the guy with the with the big, giant, furry coat and then the cigars? It sounded mm-hmm. like. It sounded just like him, I think. Maybe. I haven't looked him up, to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't recognize him. I know he's yeah. done yeah. other stuff. but I think. Yeah. Yes. You guys recognized uh, Millie Bobby Brown's friend, right? Yes. From Deadpool 2. Actually, I remembered him yes. from Christmas Chronicles 2. But... <laughs> no, there you yeah. go. Um, no, I, I loved it. And I've got to say, it, you know, uh, clearly, of the three of them wandering around, he was the smartest one because he figured out how to get the bleach information. Yes, yep. I will buy your product. <laughs> right. <laughs> But other other than that, he was the least uh, necessary character of the main cast. He totally saved the day and broke the computer. <laughs> he was the little girl from Jurassic Park of this movie. <laughs> Are you talking about the... completely useless except for one thing? Yeah, you talking about the the the, the little uh, uh, the Australian or whatever? What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New yeah. Zealand, but I, I yeah, he, yeah. yeah, the yeah. movie could have done with that. He was my he was in when I look at the movie, I go that's that to me was the worst character. They, they didn't even need him in the film. Yeah, to, I didn't th- crack, I didn't think they needed him because I think joke. he actually like. Because of him, I think Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown, didn't have as much to do. 
Like um, she should have had a little bit more to do. I think in this one, I would have liked to seen her have a little bit more agency, but again, she also said she doesn't like being, she wants to be seen in a dress and heels. Now she doesn't always want to be playing kids and they probably could have just, you know, she's 17. She could have played it more as an adult and they could have just chucked her little pal and her and the conspiracy theory guy could have been working this by themselves. I, I, like I said, I like the fact that they took like an eighties approach to them even. And so even having, her in it, you know, being from Stranger Things, which is an 80s homage, like it just it just fit really well. Um, so the tone of that stuff. Um, but to your point, Team Kong worked better for me, um, worked better for me, uh, better actors, better story. Um, and for my money, uh, the the MVP, the human MVP uh, has to go to Kaylee Hopper. Like she, to me was a revelation, this little girl, uh, actress from Georgia, who's actually deaf, uh, comes from a family, whole family, yeah, whole, whole yep. family is deaf. And, yep. uh, she couldn't have been more adorable or used any better. She had the fact that she has this connection with Kong is beautifully done. I wish there was more of that. Actually. I wish we saw like more of them talking, but, yep. um, but I thought she, to me, she brought that story uh, along better than uh, any of the other male uh, adult actors. It, it's, this is going to sound stupid, but there's an air of believability with mm-hmm. her, yeah. uh, you know, when she's talking to the giant Sincerity. ape. <laughs> um, and, but there's, but, and, and you know what it is? It's because when he first does the, the, uh, the sign, is it for sad or for home? Home, oh, I think it was. Um, when, when he does that, my immediate thought was Coco the gorilla. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's where they got it from. And that's oh, yeah. what they were going yeah, for, yeah. obviously. Um, but, you know, but it succeeded because that's exactly where my mind went to. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, I, I'm not joking. We're downstairs. We're watching it. That scene hits. I am openly applauding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am like, this is a brilliant scene. I love this. Yeah. Um, and it's because it worked so well. I think the lady that played the Kong Whisperer, she was she was good. Yep, she absolutely. was really good. Yep. And out of all the three or four movies lately that Skarsgård's been in, like the the Stand and a couple other things and all that, it was good. You know, he's always he's always a kind of a villain that just stands there and stares at you, like he was on True Blood and everything. But in this show, he was the good guy. He was a good guy. He was fooled by villains but he still was a good guy and i really liked him in this movie i thought i thought he did a really good job too um you know what maybe not as good as the two others but you know it was good to see him in a movie where he played a hairy hair shirt instead of playing a you know rotten guy the whole the whole sequence uh the the thing that kept repeating uh the connection the character sketch uh the character connection of them um her laboring him as a coward uh, I think really worked and showed that he had motivation towards the end. And he was, you know, it's just, they kept bringing that back. And I thought that was a good use of that stuff. Uh, the only well, thing see, I didn't like about where the- he pulls the thing and, and rescues Kong, who's trapped under the boat, which by the way, the, uh, the chain, which I just went, I was like yeah. screaming at the TV set. I said, not only is this King Kong, but it's Poseidon adventure at the exact same moment. We got it both. And then, and then he, he swims down there and pulls the thing, pulls the thing that unleashes Kong. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that was good. Sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. He absolutely does. Uh, he makes good decisions, which is rare for a human in one of these movies. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. It's like, oh, I've got to release the ape to let the, him go. The only thing I didn't like about the Kong, Team Kong storyline was the, 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 
call, the thing that they brought into from Skull Island, which was the music cues. I don't, I just think that they didn't work for me. I'm sorry. I know I, not every movie can do like what James Gunn does with putting, um, you know, classic hits with, with no, special effects. Um, I, I, it doesn't work for me. Now, uh, you guys may differ and I know that it's successful and some people liked, uh, some of the choice of songs with Kong. I even, I, I you know, I like the music outside of the movie, but I didn't, I, it threw me off right in the beginning, right in the first shot of Kong going through the, like waking up and doing the shower thing. Uh, that music playing just fe- didn't feel right to me. I was too distracted by the number of times he scratched his butt. <laughs> Understandable. But the thing is, like with the James Gunn movie, you remember after the movie's over what the songs were yeah. and so, this you don't even no. we'll say the one at the end watched... the one at the end i did the, i was i've been playing the song in my head this week so the second one the first one i don't even remember what it was what was it no i i don't even <laughs> yeah. remember what it was the last one with all i need is the air that i breathe and that yeah. that one i did remember because i thought it was kind of nice with the happy ending of kong being left alone now but the first one, yeah, I don't even remember it. I the, thinking, the only thing I liked about the the one where he's at sea is that they used an Elvis song, and I thought, okay, well, you're gonna, you know, what song, what music is more appropriate to King Kong than the King of Rock himself, yeah. right? Like I thought that was kind of fun. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I get, I giggled at it, but it was like I don't, I couldn't even remember what Elvis song it even, was. Yeah, I don't even, I, I never heard no. the song. It was and, but truthfully, I thought out of the two battles between them, I enjoyed the boat battle in some ways a little bit more it was so unique and and very original and going in you thought kong didn't stand a chance because he had everything against him like he's out in the middle of the freaking ocean and that is definitely godzilla's domain you're like he doesn't have a chance and yet he he does pretty well yeah yeah they stole it from live and let die though when roger moore runs across the alligators (laughs) kong runs across the boats Boats. yeah i love how none of them have uh, they both have a complete disregard for humans like it just doesn't matter like hey, we we this whole movie has a disregard for, for humans Kong. Mikey. we might even be pulling for Godzilla but they don't give a damn about any of us <laughs> how many people were killed when all those boats were oh, destroyed man. how many people were killed when hong kong was demolished there is no more you know, hong kong and i like it's, it's no done. yeah that made man was, of steel I, look quaint <laughs> You know, I, yeah, mean, that, I was that, like, that, I remember everybody left the theater going, they killed thousands, if not millions of people in Metropolis. Hey, wait for, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> yeah, Kong, that, that movie was saying, hold my yeah, beer. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the Hong Kong wing of Wayne Enterprise is just yeah, gone. Really. Yeah. Um, exactly. And it's just, it was great. And it's like Zack Snyder was probably was watching this going, damn, why didn't I think uh-huh. of this? And I also like during the fights too, Adam Wingard adds these like nice, what it gets me is these nice little touches, these uh, points of view that you don't usually see in these battles. Uh, like for, specifically for the, um, uh, there's a shot in the sea battle of uh, one of the pilots like taking off um when after kong lands on the aircraft carrier he's like i gotta take mm-hmm. off and so you see it from the cockpit uh rear sp- perspective and it just looks like a beautiful shot a great idea um and and then on the final battle there's that great sequence where um uh 
Mecha Godzilla is taking it to Godzilla, putting his face into all these buildings. And where do we see it from? A conference room on the third building, from the third building that gets smashed into. I'm like, that's just great choreography. Well yeah. done. Well done. This this movie had incredible moments where it's almost like they took two people and said, we're going to map everything out with human actors first and see what happens. I mean, Godzilla is coming after, he's crawling after Kong, kicking him in the face. Finally, Godzilla gets a hold of close up and, and gets up on top and starts scratching at his chest and he's taking chunks out of his chest. And I'm like, wow, they really choreographed this. This isn't like, you know, in the Toho films where like pick up big rock bounces <laughs> off the head and then turns back around and yells at the other one i mean there's some actual uh they get pretty uh, physical heavy duty coordination in this film um with uh i mean now now the part where i lost it and i had to go change my diaper was when when godzilla i am more of a king i'm not gonna say i'm more of a king kong fan than a godzilla fan but i was rooting more for kong but when godzilla is stomping on kong's chest and it looks like he's just you know get rid of his heart and those two start just yelling at each other in extreme rage Mm -hmm. and they're and they just keep going and going and going when it was done i went i just yelled in my house i go that's what i paid for (laughs) right there yeah Yeah. oh exactly (laughs) And it, it's because, it, like they said, two alpha monsters. Neither of them were yeah, going to yeah. get in. Gives up to no- and that's why they were. Yeah, yeah. No. And and nope. and that is a that's a stunning image. That la- that shot where Godzilla just basically has his foot on Kong's chest is like, you're down, you're out. This is done. Um, yeah. And and game over. Like that's it. Now you know, Kong. Like so many times, Kong gets saved by the humans. I think it's what three times in this movie where Kong has to be saved by humans. Um, um, but well, they you know. were kind of screwing him over a little bit, though. It's like, <laughs> hey, Kong, go over here and fight that. Hey, Kong, get on the boat. Hey, Kong, let's let's handcuff you to the boat. I mean, he was sort of. They sort of should have saved him. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That first battle, I was like, he's eighty percent, um, like with drugged up, drugged and up. Yeah. yeah, he's handcuffed. And he's out in the middle of the ocean. I'm like, he doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> yeah, really. He's like a, you know, people down here in Florida. Exactly. Every day. <laughs> Every day. They're out there cruising. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> One uh, thing I want to talk about real quick was the cool little monster battle at the center of the earth with those. those. I was not a fan of the skull crawlers in Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. But when those flying bat lizard monsters turn especially when that one turns around and does the big hiss and kong really starts going out with them like that is cool that was it was a little i thought it was actually pretty cool when it put its wing over kong's face to yeah. smother another chance yeah. where he has to get that humans was... to help him it yeah. was cool it's good because they yeah it was pretty awesome and that was a neat battle and then all crap going loose when godzilla bowed you know, drilled all the way down through the earth. Yelling at each other for, uh, through long distance. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, exactly. One head's like this. Hey, Fred, <laughs> up yours! <laughs> it, it, yeah. it is silly. Um, I mean, that stuff is silly, but you know what? I love it. You know, if you're going into this wanting it to be like, you know, realistic, then this is not for you. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, you just got to go in having fun with it. It should be, it should, it should be on a double bill with Downton Abbey. You know, because they're so much alike. 
I'm trying to figure out the phrase if you want realism from your giant lizard versus giant gorilla movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you'll hear people go, oh, that was unbelievable. And I'm like, really? Like, what line did it cross for you? Because it's a pretty, like, big line to begin with. <laughs> like, you got to well, give I, this movie a lot of leeway. That's uh, a, friend of, a friend of mine online was, like, going about that tunnel that they had from – Pensacola, Florida to Hong Kong (laughs) underground. It's like, and he, a friend of mine wrote to me and said, I heard Microsoft has that. (laughs) 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 It's not quite there. Once they get all the chips in from the vaccines, we'll be fine. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anything else about the, uh, this movie before we talk about the future of the franchise that you want to mention? Uh, Mark, Alex. Uh, I just I the only thing I would talk about is more little moments that I thought were great, but that's that's about it. We could keep going with those, but no, I'm I'm good. You know, I mean I I was very happy with this. I think the I think uh this was um uh, uh, uh good for me. I like I said I wasn't crazy about the last two and this one I'm like, okay, now I want to see what these guys could do, you know, if they could decide to go more, whether Godzilla and King Kong are together or what. Um you know, I, I I hate for him to now get it at least pretty much right. I, I I'd watch more. You know, I mean, I'd watch more of this stuff. There's a rewatchability to this big dumb movie um, that makes it a lot of fun. It's it's not a movie that you have to sit there and go, well, let's let's pick it apart scene by scene to understand what the director was trying to say. The director was trying to say, big monkey fights big lizard. Mm-hmm. And that's really all you need. That is one thing that's driving me a little nuts on social media is people actually going in. And if you if you watch and Gordon's like what Gordon said earlier, I've watched all the Godzilla films multiple times. Well, no, there was one I never watched. My son and I, we were coming back from the Godzilla convention. We had the, the Blu-ray. He had bought a stack of Godzilla movies. We put this one in, and Godzilla and Anguirus are swimming to some adventure, some fight they have to get to, and they're going, rah, 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 and then they put human voices mixed in with the roars that they're talking to each other. Oh. And, J- and James and I looked at each other and went, what the hell? What I mean, it was so. Now was that play, the original talk, Japanese, or was it just dubbed that way? It was. Well, I mean, I think it was in the Japanese version too, mm-hmm. and then it was dubbed that, or in Godzilla in Monster Zero, where Godzilla, you know, defeats Ghidorah and does this little Irish jig where he jumps in the air. I mean, I know you guys have seen this stuff. Yeah, you know, some of the stuff. So when people are sitting there going, "Well, it was kind of dumb," and it's like, it's like for people that love Godzilla, and yet they're saying this is dumb. It's like might want to go back and revisit some of these other films i mean i love them to death i own all of them mm-hmm. but it's like don't don't act like this is any dumber than some yeah, of the stuff we yeah the, your early work is not citizen kane the, uh, is what you're trying to well, say the original the original gojira is pretty serious yeah the original and, gojira is pretty serious and the original kong Mothra, is also like well pretty yeah deep as well yeah, so, i wasn't i wasn't referring to kong at so, all i mean i was so the original the two movies master. do like they do start off as movies that are not just popcorn movies yeah. but pretty soon like by, by by movie two for both of them yeah. they, they become popcorn fodder you know, like, uh, sure. um, and, uh, and yeah, I would put this and, and I just watched, uh, Shin Godzilla for the first time. Oh, and, I love that. Oh, that's, wonderful movie. Love that. that's wonderful a good movie, movie too. And, and I get it, you know, that's where, again, Toho is saying he's just a, a godlike force. Like he's a force of nature. Don't give him a personality because to Mark's point and some of the ones where they give him a personality, 
it kind of backfires. It's cool when you're a kid and you're watching Godzilla get, uh, you know, annoyed and start like, you know, giving other monsters the finger or whatnot or, or dancing around or whatever. But after, you know, when you're an adult, by the time you're an adult, you're like, I don't, I don't want to see Godzilla. Like, I gotta go. Yeah, I'll I don't want to see I'll that. I'll pick you kids up later. I'll come back to the theater. Yeah, and get you, 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 yeah. you miss, you love, you, you like the, the force of nature Godzilla better. The one who just doesn't care and he's just out to just destroy stuff. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, the fun thing about the battle when I was watching it, especially the Hong Kong battle, I just kept on thinking flashbacks to a kid sitting at the arcade and playing Rampage the yeah. whole time. And, you know, it's like, I would love to see a new version of Rampage with that kind of graphics. Yeah. One it. thing that was really nice about this movie, too, my brother was blown away by it, is 4K. We had a 4K image. It was like everything was so detailed every mm-hmm. little bit of cgi and that's another thing too i'd like to say is that there's been a couple of films in the last few years brand new you know that have come out and the cgi for modern times ain't so good this one had really good cgi i don't i don't really think i remember anything in the film where i went eh, it could have been a little bit better they did a damn good job the only effect that didn't work for me is for some reason with kong they kept doing like slow motion with the water effects and i'm like water, water doesn't like move in slow motion like i just like there's no need for you to to show that slowly uh, i i i don't know i just i felt that I it, look at it again yeah uh, it didn't that kind of bothered me a little bit but that was only in a few spots obviously there's not water and uh especially towards the end but i agree the special effects especially on i mean they could do hair now they can i still am not 100 percent pleased with the godzilla de- design i i think um I, I just don't like the the neck head ratio thing i think it just doesn't look like godzilla enough enough like godzilla to me um yeah. it doesn't look yeah. it looks too lizard not enough dinosaur if you know what i mean sure um, yeah. uh uh but um let's talk about where we go from here now this is the fourth movie like i said it it could have been called uh monster vs endgame um we these these two characters are separate um but where do, where do they where do you, you want to see them go from here mark we'll start with you um I don't know. I got to be honest with you. I, I I was so geared for the fact that they said that this was the last one. I'd heard that floating around that I didn't really thought about it. They don't have after, any plans for another one. I mean, I'm sure there will be with the money. Involved, yeah, now but. the now the guys are like looking around, going like, "Okay, we got to call Toho and you know put some cash in the palm." But it's um, I mean, after watching this, this really was their last effort to to really make something out of this when you when you go we we're, we're really building to King Kong versus Godzilla and it's like where do you go from that i mean destroy all monsters a remake of destroy all monsters they kind of did that with the previous film yeah they did but that was the director's fault that still had that Matthew Broderick, every monster fight is going to have snow or rubble or sm- smoke or something. And, and, and it's almost like, did you guys not finish rendering the CGI? So you had to throw stuff in front of it kind of a look. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, uh, that, you know, what you do is you come up with a reason to bring King Kong and Godzilla together again, because that's, that was the magic. That's where all of us, like you said, Mike, it's in your DNA. I mean, we're watching King Kong and Godzilla fight, or in the next film, maybe they fight, maybe they don't fight, maybe they fight something else. I don't know. Uh, or have a destroy all monsters where King Kong's actually involved with it. I don't know. 
Uh, Alex, what about you? Um, it's, it really goes one of two ways. Uh, and that's either we have him fighting a giant flying turtle from outer space. Uh, or, uh, or we go the musical route, I guess would be, no, I think where we're, where we're at this point at this point would probably be, uh, new characters, uh, all new human cast and some sort of something else that's occurred that forces Godzilla or forces Kong, uh, to do something. I, they, they can easily do the ecosystem thing with Kong. Um, but other than that, Honestly, if they finish it here, I'm fine. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think it's kind of, yeah. Because otherwise yeah. they're going to take Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but the Muppets yeah. already did that. So, I already, so did Jason yeah. Voorhees. I already uh, saw them get uh, destroy Boston, so I'm, I'm, Godzilla, I'm, I'm at the, uh, Godzilla at the Earth's core. <laughs> Doug McClure. Exactly. CGI Doug McClure and Kong will be there already. So Plus Tarzan. Uh, I don't know. Tarzan, Kong, Tarzan was there, yeah. Tarzan Kong, was at the air score. Kong versus Godzilla versus Aliens versus Predator. I oh, don't know. they could tie uh, it into the MCU and introduce Kaiser, so it would be perfect. <laughs> Mike, where do you Bad. want to? Is that where you want to see? It oh, go? of course, that's the best way to think about it. It's always Marvel, so it's. But um, truthfully, I think I'm agreeing with what a few of the folks have said tonight. That I think this is it for these characters. I don't want to see, you know. Bobby Brown again in one of these films. I want to see her in some other things that she's going to be doing. But I I think it's time to move on. I think if they bring Godzilla back, maybe set it 100 years later. Set it 50 years later. You know, something like that. And, you know, the world has forgotten the monsters or something like that. Or the titans. And something, some kind of alien force or something bring has to bring Godzilla back and you know I think something like that I think might be a better way to do it but I don't want to see I don't want to see the way they've been done it with the, these four films tying them all together they they did it I can't think of any other storyline they could do with it as long yeah. as they don't do prequels. Oh, please, um, no. We see, we, see, uh, we, we, we see baby Godzilla and baby Kong. Uh, well, you saw be, baby uh, Kong in Skull Island. I mean, so basically. They, but they see, the thing is, they did lay that out. They said that, you know, they have a history. Uh, they had an ancient, you know, match. They were ancient enemies. And I'm like, oh, I can see them pulling that as a prequel. You know, like, um, now, granted, they were different. They were actually different uh beings but they were the same you know, the same uh, dna yeah exactly DNA, right, um yeah. i i agree i think you know especially since this franchise has been so uh inconsistent um certainly they're on a high note so end it before they you know taint it you know but they yeah i'm surprised if they don't know what to do with it then don't touch it but if someone comes along and has a good idea because they've already done Ghidorah. Like, I'm, they should have saved that for, like, you know, a big battle with the two of them teaming up. Uh, they've already done Mecha Godzilla. So there's not, they can't do that. Like, so they've spent all the stuff from Toho that I love that I want to see done. Um, now there is, there's rumors that, you know, there might be a tie in with Pacific Rim. There, there's rumors that there might be a tie or there, there's, that this movie has clues or hints to a world, what they, what they call a world serpent. 
that they might have to face at some point that might be uh, out there. But apart from that, I don't see anything else that suggests that they have a plan. So uh, if a franchise doesn't have a plan, I say stay away from it and let it be. I kind of want to see um, that. So, yeah. uh, but anyway. Let, let, let them go out on a high note. Let them go out exactly. on a high note. Exactly. You know? Hollywood and, never and, does and, that. Come on. <laughs> no, they won't. No, they won't. Somebody's going to grease somebody's palm, and we're going to be stuck with, you know, Godzilla versus the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Well, well we're going to yeah. go out on that high note. Um, and uh, thank you guys for joining us for this review. Appreciate it. And we'll be right back with our creative. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about Young Rock. This week, I marathoned the first six episodes of Young Rock, which is on NBC and Peacock. This show starts out with Randall Park interviewing Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is running for president. The show is an interview-style show where The Rock talks about his childhood and how he became the person he is now, with flashbacks that tell the story for each memory that he is talking about in the interview. Each episode has a mini moral or lesson and goes through The Rock's childhood, teens, and college years. This show is wonderfully entertaining. You learn so much about The Rock and how he grew up and all the wrestlers that he grew up around, since his father and grandfather were both wrestlers in Hawaii. The depictions of the Macho Man, Andre the Giant, and others were really well done, and the actors that they got to portray them did an amazing job. Getting to see Young Rock interact with them was one of my favorite moments of the entire, like, six episodes. I think my favorite episode was the sixth one, where he spends the day with Andre the Giant. Just hearing about his interactions with him and how nice of a person he was was really heartwarming. You can stream all the episodes on Peacock for free right now, and I would highly suggest it. They're all about 22 minutes long, and so far there are six of them. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. And now it's time for the creative outlet segment. And welcome back to the show, Justin Gray. Hey, man. Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) Welcome back. Been too long. Way too long. I can't believe it's been almost 10 years since we've had you on the show, dude. I, I can't believe I'm still around. That's awesome. I can't, I can't believe, believe we're still around. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually this episode is our 11th anniversary. This is it's well. It's, happy anniversary! Thank you. I can't believe I. What is 11? Like what is that? I don't know what. Um, I, I don't know what it is. What I think it's. You get for that? I think, is it lace? I, I think for us it's rock. You know. <laughs> but I think that's every year for us. We just get a rock. You know, I don't know what. It's a solid foundation, though. Rock is good. Yeah, exactly. So it is awesome to see you again, my friend. And you have a Kickstarter going on. What do you got right now? Uh, tomorrow morning, I will launch Billy the Kit, uh, which is a project that has been going on behind the scenes for, I don't know, since 2017. We've been kind of hammering through this. Uh, it ended up being. It started out as a um, as an eight page sort of trailer for an animation idea, um, and uh, Barry McLean Jr., who's the artist, had been asking me for a couple years leading into that. We got to work together. We got to work together. Uh, very um, very aggressive. Very bold. I, I loved it, and he was very. Uh, he was like, "We're going to work together no matter what," and um, you know that's kind of fun. So I couldn't find the right project. And then I thought, why don't I do Billy the Kit trailer with him? So we did the trailer, and I looked at it, and I was like, wait a second, there's something going on here. And he said, I think I got a feel for this character. 
they said, all right, let me write an issue. Because initially it was just supposed to be a pitch. I was going to try and figure out a way to, to try and pitch it to people as an animated thing. Um, but I wrote the first issue. We kickstarted the first issue successfully. But it's they're small. They're floppies. And I, I realized I didn't want to kickstart every month like it was a periodical. Um, so we said, let's just hunker down and finish the first miniseries of it. And that's what we've been doing. And finally, after all these years, um, it's going to be kickstarted tomorrow. Uh, and I'm excited. It's, it's crazy. The, the One of the things I noticed about the book from starting out with the trailer and going back and looking at it, and I uh, originally lettered the first trailer. And from where I am at that point to where I am now, it's gotten better. So I keep doing it every couple of years. I kept relettering everything. And um, you can see the progression in the artwork and the coloring. Slomet Mugiono is the uh, colorist. So the three of us have been banging away at this for quite some time. And it's a crazy comic. I have no idea what's going to happen starting tomorrow, but I'm excited to be finally doing it. How many you know Kickstarters have you you done? Because I've I was like looking you up on Kickstarter and had Justin Gray, Justin Gray, Justin Gray. It's like it's it's like you're almost like the king of Kickstarters. Well, I'm definitely I'm definitely I'm not. Thank you. I'm <laughs> definitely not because um, I have friends that are uh, and and uh, acquaintances. Um, but between Jimmy and myself, either doing it together, Jimmy Palmiotti and I doing Kickstarter, or I'm doing it by myself. I want to say we're. Definitely in the twenties. I was going to say you might be you might be pushing thirty. Yeah, I think it's twelve, and this is this is my fourteenth or fifteenth. I did twelve with Jimmy and fourteen. So, I mean, I didn't know I was going to have to do math problems tonight, but yeah. So, <laughs> you don't know what you're going to expect on the show, so it's okay. <laughs> and, and 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 does it get any easier? No, I'm still there. I'm going to sit there. I'm gonna, my mouse is going to hover over the launch button, and I'm going to go. Is everything there? I'm going to triple check the lettering, and I know that I'm going to uh, something's going to be spelled wrong, or I'm going to have to go back in quickly. There, I mean, there's definitely been times where I've reached out to friends who are constant backers, and I've been like, "Can you pull your pull your thing back? I did something wrong in it," and you know they would do it. And <laughs> um, no, it's it's always different. You have no idea what to expect, even if you make these great plans and you think I have a good handle on how things are going to go. It doesn't. It it always manages to surprise me. Well, the, this uh, this project, as you said, you've been working on it for a little while, and uh, I'm excited by it. Uh, it's uh, it's fun. I think the tagline is that it's uh, it's action, adventure, horror, kung fu, gunslinging madness, uh, featuring a foul mouthed, god fearing, gunslinging rabbit. Yes, <laughs> uh, I wanted to leave no stone unturned in that. You Very covered good. it, man. You totally covered it. <laughs> I had wanted to do a Western after Jonah Hex, but I didn't want to revisit what I, what Jimmy and I had done or what I had done. Um, so I looked through the catalog of things I haven't done um, genre-wise, and the Talking Animal comic came up, and I was like, "Whoa, that's tough! Like it's it's either hit or miss. Like there's no you know like there's no oh it was an okay Talking Animal comic. It's either really good or really bad." Um, so I thought. I want to do something completely different from expectations. And that's what Billy the Kit ended up being. Like I said, it originally was sort of an animation idea. I wanted to do like the stoner crowd after midnight, Afro samurai, hyper violent stylized thing. And um, this is where that. we are now. I could see that with this, the art huh. style and the way it's written and everything. It's pretty darn awesome. Thanks. 
So, um, so this is the entire five issue full color collection, right? This is uh, yeah. now. Is it collected as five issues or in one big volume? Well, normally I would say I would like to collect it as one thing because it just makes my life so much easier as a Kickstarter goes. Right. Uh, but the reality is, is that no, it's the five issues and it's got a bunch of different covers because um, the artist is a machine and. Um, He's done so much material over these last few years that we have an abundance of things we want to show people. And so, yes, I, I just feel like I just did Spicy Pulp, and mm-hmm. uh, we finally uh, Kickstarter finally had add-ons. So the next thing I knew, I was I spent nine days for eight hours a day straight packing and shipping everything from that Kickstarter, and uh, that was a lot of work. So. Yeah. Um, but it was great. It, it's, it's funny because they say it's a lot of work. By the time I got to the end of it, I was exhausted. But while I was doing it, I was like on this high of like, I can't believe there's this many books that people want me to send to them. So it's an interesting position to be in one that I'm happy <laughs> it's to a, have. It's, it's, a, it's a good problem to have. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> problems, as they like to say. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so before we let you go, and, you know, I know the visit is brief, but we'll have you back again, of course. How can people help? to the Kickstarter? Uh, like I said, it's going to launch tomorrow. Uh, it's uh, Billy the Kit is um, going to be on Kickstarter probably in the morning Eastern Standard Time. And I would show it. I can't see a thing to show my screen. But um, you can look at um, Billy like you would normally spell it. Kit is one uh, T, K-I-T. And basically, once it goes live, you'll be able to look at all these different reward tiers. You can get the book. You can get extra stuff. There's going to be all these kinds of metallic covers. There's going to be sketch covers that are limited to the Kickstarter that the artist is doing by hand. Um, There's probably 10 of them, I think, is what we agreed on, uh, original art covers. And all that stuff's going to go live tomorrow sometime in the morning in Eastern Standard Time. That is awesome. And we we record on Monday here, so it's going to be Tuesday on the sixth, correct? Yeah, by the time yeah. yeah, by the time people hear this, it'll already be live, and we'll have a link right to that show, right, right to Kickstarter in our show notes, so that people just can click, click on that and go check it out. Exactly. So right. it'll be able to because this goes out to the public on Thursday. The right. Sorry, I'm not. I'm this whole time travel thing. Yeah. Even though I'm, you know, we'll be wildly <laughs> timey, you know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Justin, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it being here. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back to finish up the show. Everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Earth Station One podcast. We want to thank our guests for being here tonight. Mr. Mark Maddox, thank you, sir. It's been too long. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, I think I kind of was talking to you a couple of days ago. said, can I be on the show? Can I be on the show? This this specific one, so I appreciate you letting me come on. No, you said it at least eight times during the phone conversation that we had, so there was For no sure. way I could say no. So right, right. 
but it's always great to have you on. So what do you have going on article-wise? Oh, I got uh, just did the program cover for Pensacon and just uh, posted on Facebook uh, the cover for Little Shop of Horrors, the uh, 1958 Christopher Lee Dracula. That looks beautiful, I man. saw that. That is awesome, man. Thank you. That I really wanted it to be Technicolor. I really wanted it to you know, have the color be intense. I almost thought later when I put it out there, you went too far, but everybody seems to be happy, so I'll leave it alone. Uh, and just uh, more Monster. I got some more stuff coming soon from Infinity Magazine. I'll be doing a Green Hornet cover for them. Uh, just a bunch of stuff. If life is good. Keeping busy. And uh, good luck uh, with adding another Rondo to your collection. I know that uh, the nominees are there, so good luck in the voting on that. Well, I appreciate it. And, and actually, I've got to go. Hopefully, I'll go to Wonderfest as long as it's still on. i got to pick up the one from last year because I never got it <laughs> because of the pandemic. So I don't know. If I win, I might be lucky and be coming home with two of them. Wow. Two. Nice. And you're, it's well-deserved, though. It is very well-deserved. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate cool. it. Cool. And where can people see your work? Uh, well, Facebook's the best place. Uh, Maddox, uh, Mark Maddox in Tallahassee. I do have MaddoxPlanet.com, but that's old and dusty. And fixing to set up a store, we've got a square store we're putting together. So that'll probably be uh, do a little bit more of the heavy lifting as far as a uh, official Mark Maddox page goes. But, yep, those are the three places. Maddox Planet, nice. Facebook, or and soon the square that store. That is awesome. Nice. Cool. Awesome, man. And Alex Autry. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Uh, it's always my pleasure. I had a great time. It's a lot of fun. And um, this is it for me with three straight weeks with y'all. I know. You, I'm, um, well, actually, you know. you're the week. The Autry Trilogy is done. But, you know, we're going to give you next week off. But we expect you here bright and shiny the next week. But next week, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> so, but it should be a lot of fun. So, yeah, awesome. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Got a little bit of a shout out today. Um at uh, 1 a.m. this morning, uh, the world was welcomed, or welcomed, I should say, uh, Connor Page McDermott. Uh, he is, uh, she is the daughter of uh, Pat McDermott, uh, who is instrumental uh, in uh, the DDP yoga uh, group. Um, he and his beautiful wife, she is healthy. The baby is healthy. Um, and, of course, I've been ragging him all day. Uh, because his baby was born on Diamond Dallas Page's 65th birthday. Oh, <laughs> oh! So congratulations to them. Uh, seriously, as I've said before, I will never talk to you as an idiot, uh, uh, Connor. And when you're ready to talk Star Wars, I'll be there. Yay! Nice. I think that's pretty darn awesome. And Mr. Mike Gordon, happy anniversary! And we made it through another one. We did, man. How long have we been doing this? This, this is what? This is Goodness our gracious. 11th Eleventh. year. This is our 11th anniversary wow. of Earth Station 1. And we're still we are crazy. nuts. Uh, wow. We are, we are now crazy. into our second decade of podcasting. Well, very mm, nice. Good Lord. Good any Lord. Any day now the profits will start. Yeah, exactly. Hey, any day now we'll <laughs> sure. get listeners. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I, you know, awesome dude. Anything, you know, I couldn't see doing this without you. You know, we talked about it at the front of the show, and you know, Same this here, has man. been a blast. It's been a wild ride, and let's see where this goes. This is just, you know, we're having fun. We're drinking apple pie in celebration, and you know, it's just a good night. And of course, what do you got to shout out? 
Um, I want to give a big shout out to uh, actress Liz Priestley, who joined us a few months ago to promote a movie that is now the number one movie on Netflix. And that is Concrete Cowboy featuring Idris Elba. Uh, what a impressive film debut for her. Um, I can't wait to see this movie. Uh, it's in my queue, so to speak. Um, that's Netflix speak, I guess. Um, and um, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. It looks like a good movie. I'm glad it's getting a great response from folks and uh, good for her. And, you know, she was great to have on. Oh, she, she was great it. to have on. And it was fun because when we were talking to her, we were trying to figure out, oh, just cowboy, you know, as a cowboy in Philadelphia. It's like, what? You know, so it, it the movie looks really good once we've seen the previews, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what it's all about, and it's on my queue, too, so it should be very fun. So definitely check that out. Uh, my shout-out, real quick, you know, I always like saying I'm always late to the game. So I am in the process now of binge-watching the animated Batman series from the 90s. Wait a minute! Are you telling me you never saw? I've it? seen episodes here and there. I'm start. I started at the beginning, and now I'm watching all the way through. Wow! And everything. I mean, and wow. so, yeah, it is. It is wonderful, and it's neat. It's, it's the neat best. to see some of the origin stories of the villains and how Batman meets them and stuff, and then just how the artwork is also improving and getting better and get better as the stories go on and everything. The um, one I just got done watching was the first one with Killer Croc. So, uh-huh. and, yeah, yeah, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So, I, And also earlier today, I got to see the first when Harvey Dent became Two-Face. So mm-hmm. those, were, yeah. those were awesome yeah. stuff. And I like how they changed it, the origin, because, you know, you didn't really want to see in a cartoon a DA getting hit with acid in the face in a courtroom, you know, like in the comic books. So, right. I don't know. Any lawyer, right? I mean, any well, lawyer will do. Hit yeah, the but they're supposed to feel bad yeah, for them. That's a good point. Oh, that's yeah, the that's thing. right. That's right. That's right. It's it's one of the best things about ha- it's another good thing about having HBO Max. Not only do you get to see like Kong versus uh, or Godzilla versus Kong, but you also get to see um, you know Batman the animated series anytime mm-hmm. you want to. At exactly. Your yeah. And so yeah, yeah. And, and I love seeing the the adaptation of how they're doing the characters differently than from in the comic books and such, and how they've changed and everything. It's really really a great series. Highly recommend it. And you know, I just think. It's been a blast to watch and everything, and they're easy to watch. They're you don't you know you, you watch them. They're twenty two minutes on HBO, boom, you're done, and you could just power watch a dozen of them just like that, and not even realize where the time goes. You know, and they say we're wasting time as we get older. No, we're not. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I just bought the whole set for James, uh, the Blu-rays. Yeah, he was bugging me about getting my DVDs, so I got him the Blu-ray set. So now I need the Blu-ray so, set. Of course, so. you know it's capitalism and it's best, <laughs> dude. It's awesome. So that's cool, dude. Um, so Batman, check it out if you haven't seen the Batman the animated series. Well worth it. All right, we are done for this week. We will be back again next week with the first episode of our eleventh season. You know, we're celebrating it tonight. We're going forward with season. This could be season twelve for us, as of as of Ooh. next week. And so, this is pretty 
amazing. And thank you for everyone who has listened to us from the very beginning. And for those who have listened to us from the very beginning, I'm sorry. So from deep in Mm. my heart, you know, from, you know, putting up with us until we got halfway decent and we're hoping to get good someday, but you know, until then, but you know, Mike Gordon has, like I said, the beginning of the show, Mike has been great to work with. You guys have been great to work with. We've had some fantastic guests on the show and we've met some amazing friends along the way. So it's been pretty awesome with it. You know, thank you. Thank you from all of us. And speaking of the first episode of season 12, we are going to be looking at the 60th anniversary of the Flintstones next week. And it's going to be a lot, yeah, lot of fun to talk about yeah. Fred and Wilma, Betty, and, of course, Barney. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about your modern stage family. should be a lot of fun to do. So we have a great crew already lined up for that one. Until then, of course, you could reach out to us at feedback at earthstation1.com. I have so many email addresses now. I always mess that up. So it's just, it's just so much stuff. But it's always great, folks. And, you know, as we like to say on the show, you know, it is always great for you guys to listening. And thank you so much. We couldn't be doing this without you guys. But thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We are powered by NSC. You can find them at www.nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon and Audible. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Yes, we aren't proud to beg. We've done it for 12 years. We're going to, you know, we're going to be doing it for a lot longer. You're going to hear us beg every week. Don't worry about that one. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Alex Autry, and Mark Maddox, thanks again for listening. We will see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Get your shot. Peace. And we are done. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.